I just want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about the good news of freedom. The good news of freedom. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And I just want to talk to you about how freedom is good news. The good news, the good news of freedom. Yes, we'll be there in just a moment. You know, Jesus, um, part of his purpose for coming to the earth was to set us free. Amen. Was to set us free. We'll go ahead and read that, I guess, since it's up there. Luke chapter 4, Bible says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. In other words, that's where he, he was raised. All right. And, it, as, and as his custom was, went into the synagogue on Sabbath day and stood up and read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? You can see here in this passage that Jesus just went into church. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't a rabbi. But he just went up. And, 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 and when he went up, they handed him a book. And he started to read. And he made a bold statement. And when he did that, he sat down. And the Bible says, all eyes were fixed on him. You know, time and time again, I am so proud of the Savior that I serve. Because this is a Savior who overcame death. He rose again. This is a Savior who defeated hell and the grave. This is a Savior who, by the way, created the universe. This is a Savior, by the way, who saved you and me. This is a Savior who established the Day of Atonement and the Year of Jubilee. This is a Savior who is bold enough to get up in front of anyone who would listen, anyone who had ears, and said, guess what? I know you're trying all kinds of things, but I am the only way. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to brag. You know, I, I don't want to come across... Uh, you know, wrongly to you, but, I, but I'm just going to tell you some facts. I am the only way. You're not getting there any other way. And uh, last time I checked, uh, he never lost a battle. You see, we, we, we serve a Savior who's never lost a battle. We serve a Savior who's never had to be taken out of the game because he's tired. He's never needed time management. Come on. We, we, we serve a Savior uh, who, who is victorious in all things. 
If he opens his mouth, things happen. When you walk into the room, things change. The dead begin to rise. Come on. Poverty must go. Sickness must go when you walk into the room. If we'll allow him into the room, we serve a Savior who brings freedom. He brings freedom when he comes into the room. He that hath the Son, come on, hath life. He has life. And, you know, as Christians, as, as church folk, as church people, you know, sometimes it's, it's interesting how we look at things when we read scripture and uh to me sometimes it's almost as if i just i'm not comprehending what the bible is saying when jesus says i, I come to give you life and that more abundantly i want to add my own thing to it you know yes lord but you know we i need to do this and i need to do that and i need to jump through this hoop and i need to to jump through that hoop and uh you know all of these things and jesus said i don't know where you're getting all that i just said i came that you might have life and have it more abundantly that's why i came and he came to bring us good news a lot of times when you hear the gospel, I know for me growing up in church, the gospel, uh, it, it, it means good news, but to me it presented itself as things that I couldn't do. You can't go to the club. You can't go to the movies. You can't wear these kind of clothes. You can't say that kind of a thing. When you go to church, you have to talk this way. You can't do this and you can't do that. And that's what the gospel was until one day I said, wow, it just doesn't seem like good news. Now, don't get me wrong, there are things, there are, um, th there are, there are standards and, and, and there are walls that we need to be in, but it's not just because God doesn't just make rules just so he can rule over you and make you feel low. They are for our own good because we'd kill ourselves if we didn't follow them. So even the rules that he has are good news for us, but it's how we perceive them. And I perceive the gospel as a, a set of rules, as a set of do's and don'ts. Until God said, let me give you a revelation of good news. I mean, can we just talk about it for a moment? I mean, good news, if you're poor, what's good news? Good news is that I have a way for you to prosper. I have a way for you to overcome. I am your provision. If, if you're brokenhearted, what's the good news? The good news is that I am the mender of broken hearts, that you don't have to stay. Of course, we go through, we have emotions. We go through those things. But his good news is that you don't have to stay there. There is help. That's why I gave you each other. It's about relationship. That's why we're doing small groups later this year. It's about relationship. What, what's the good news? What's the good news if you're in captivity? It's that I have come to set you free. I have come to break yokes of bondage. I have come to bring down strongholds. I have kicked open the door. I have broken the lock. You are no longer captive. I have taken the captivity captive to me. And in me there is freedom. If you're blind, what is the good news? If you're oppressed, what is the good news? Is that he has given us freedom. There's a good news of freedom. And I don't know if we sometimes realize that we already have this freedom. You know, the good news of freedom comes in five words. And I'll give those at the end. I'll give those at the end. Isaiah 10, 27 says that it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. 
We serve an anointing, an anointed God, an anointed Savior who is anointed to break yokes. That's what he is anointed to do. He is empowered to break yokes. He is empowered to bring down strongholds. Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Here's my word. Here's my word. He went about and, 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 and he set free all who were oppressed. He healed all who were oppressed. If they come to him, he'd heal them all. He who has the son, he who has the son, who he who the son has set free is what? Come on. Free indeed. Free indeed. When you read this passage of scripture, you know, you've got people who look at this passage and they would say, you know, Jesus, what he said here, he's quoting Isaiah. And, and what he said here, you know, is really, it's, it's a spiritual thing. You know, this is all about the spirit. It's all types and shadows. It's all about, hey, uh, when we get to heaven, all right, uh, you know, Jesus came and they're all, this is, this is spiritual bondage that he's talking about. This is spiritual blindness that he's talking about. And there are people who are all the way to that extreme and say it's nothing else but that. And then you've got people who would say that, well, what he's talking about here, you know, this is, this, he's, he's talking about uh, the liberation theology. He's talking about right here, right now. I'm not worried about things of the spirit. You know, I'm, I'm just talking about social justice. I'm just talking about being free. I'm talking about overcoming. And I think that if you pick either extreme, then you miss it because there is a spiritual perspective that goes to a practical reality. I'm going to say that one more time. There is a spiritual perspective that goes to a practical reality. And I want to tell you this morning that you can't have one without the other. But I will tell you, you should have both. You should have both. You should have both. I mean, to, 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 to fix social issues and empower society and create a strong economy and miss out on eternity is tragic. It's tragic because you've grabbed a hold of something that's temporary. But can I tell you something that's even more tragic? To die and not know Jesus is, is, is tragic, you know, because you've dealt someone a blow that they can't recover from. I mean, if I don't have enough here on earth, as long as I'm alive and as long as the Bible is here, I, I, I can recover from it. I can recover because I can read the word and understand how to live the abundant life that God has called me to. But, but once I die, that's it. I've, dealt a, I've been dealt a blow that I cannot recover from. On the other hand, to say that Jesus can pro provide an eternity for me, that there are mansions in heaven, that he's, he's provided a home for me, and, but he won't do much else here on earth, to say that I have a home in heaven, but I can't get a home on earth, to say that Jesus has all power but refuses to use any of it until I die, come on and get to heaven, to say that all power, Jesus said, has been given to me in heaven and on earth, but I'm only going to use it in heaven, suggests that we have a God that neither cares or loves us. Now, I know that doesn't rub everybody the right way, but it's the truth. It is the absolute truth of the Bible. God is an all-encompassing God. Yes, he wants to save us. He already provided that for us, and he wants us to be with him forever in the new heaven on the new earth. He, he wants us to be there. 
But if that's all God wanted once you were saved, he'd just kill you and take you there. My question is, why are you still here? Are you here to suffer the rest of your life? Why are you still here? We must have a purpose for being here. So yes, absolutely, we must know Jesus the Christ. We must know Jesus the Messiah because he said, listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Very plain, very poignant, very to-the-point words. He didn't mince his words. He didn't say, well, if you kind of want to or I'll kind of teach you. Or, no, there's no kind of anything. I would that you be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. He's very pointed when he says that. So yes, we absolutely need Jesus to get to heaven, but we absolutely need Jesus to live the abundant life. He didn't say me and some of the angels and some other folks and, uh, well, I'll let Gandhi and Buddha in on it too. We, we all came, and if, if you come follow any one of us, you can have an abundant life. It's not what he said. He said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, 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 I have come. No one else. I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. That abundant life is through Jesus. It's through Jesus. You know, when you look at this, to understand this, we have to understand this phrase in this scripture when Jesus said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What is he talking about when he said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord? Well, there was a time, that it comes from Leviticus chapter 25, and I know we don't have time to go through all the history of Leviticus chapter 25, but the acceptable year of the Lord or the favorable year of the Lord was a time when uh, he knew everyone had debts and they had, they had sold themselves in slavery and they had done all these things. And finally, in the 50th year, uh, he said, I, I'm declaring the favorable year of the Lord. It was a year of jubilee where debts were broken, Debts were canceled. All of that was taken away, and we needed a reset. So you say, okay, well, that's good. I, you know, I don't have 49 years to wait, though, Pastor Mike. I, I, you know, 49 years, that's a, that's a long time for me to wait. I'm already 49. Will I be around another 49? Well, yes, you should be. But Jesus made a statement <laughs> in, in this passage that's very interesting to me, and I believe it's why when I said he, he, he gave the book back to the attendant and went and sat down, why it said they, 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 all their eyes were upon him, they were fixed on him, and they said, isn't this Joseph's son? You know, why would they say that? I believe because of this statement. He said when he closed the book and gave it back to him, and he said this, he said today, today, he said today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Can you put the last part of that scripture back up there real quick? Just the last part of that, uh, verse 22. Jesus, Jesus said, so one more back. So he, he, he said to them, today, this day, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, today. Now, if you go back, this, this was, he said this in the New Testament, and he was quoting Isaiah in the Old Testament. So you could go in the New Testament and look it up, that word today in the Greek. 
And then if you want to, you say, well, but he was quoting the Old Testament. So then you say, I'm going to go back to the Old Testament, and I'm going to look it up in ancient Hebrew. It's not even spoken anymore. No, matter of fact, that Greek and that Hebrew are not even spoken today. But you can go back, and you can look it up and dig it out in the Hebrew and say, I want to really look up what he's talking about. Because is he talking about some kind of a spiritual span of time? Is he talking about one day is like a thousand years and all of that? And you go back and look it up, and you come to the conclusion, oh, he's talking about today. Today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so I'm bold enough to stand before you today and say, today, this scripture that we just read is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, whether you want to receive it, that's up to you, that's up to me, whether we want to receive what God is saying. But he is saying today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ear. What is it? The acceptable year of the Lord, the favorable year of the Lord, the year of God's favor, right? It's, it's the year of Jubilee, the coming of Christ, uh, of Jesus Christ into the, into the world, ushered in the acceptable year of the Lord, a time of God's grace. We've heard it called the grace dispensation. It's a time of redemption, a time of deliverance, and it's now. John said the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, your freedom is at hand. But here's one little thing. So I, I get it. I understand what you're thinking and what you might be saying. Well, because it's the same thing I would say. Well, come on now, Brother Mike. I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I believe that. I'm amen in it. I'm praising God. You know, ain't God so good in it? I'm doing all of those things. But still, I look around and it just doesn't seem like it's the acceptable year of the Lord for me in my life. And there's one thing that especially the world fails to realize. If you go back and look in Leviticus 25, it talks about uh, the day of atonement. You see, the year, the year, the acceptable year of the Lord is coupled with the day of atonement. Well, what is that? What's the day of atonement? The day of atonement was when you got right with God. When you got right with God. So, so many people are not right with God. And they're saying, well, where's all the blessings? Where's all the blessings? Where, where is all of this grace that you're preaching about? Where is, where is all of this? But if you skip the day of atonement, you don't get to the spiritual and you lose out on the social. See, many people want debt cancellation and deliverance from addiction, but Jesus is not their priority. Jesus is not their priority. If the spiritual is not your priority, if it's not the foundation, if all that matters when you come to church is I, I hear the sermon and you're not interested in worshiping God, you're not interested in giving, you're not interested in serving, you're not interested in fellowship, it's just as, can I tell you, fellowship is just as important as the sermon. Now, I know you don't want to believe that. I know some of y'all, y'all don't know about that. I'm telling you it's just as important as the sermon. Jesus affected so many people sitting down at dinner. He affected so many people just walking. He affected his disciples just walking with them and teaching and talking to them. Fellowship is important. If you don't want all of that, then you're missing out on it. Let me tell you real quick four things, four quick things, quick things about the good news of freedom. First of all, we have to understand that freedom came through sacrifice. You just didn't wake up free. You didn't wake up free. Ask Adam, ask Noah, ask Abraham, ask Joseph, ask whoever you want to ask. 
until Jesus came. You didn't wake up free. There was a sacrifice that took place. Just as we celebrate our freedom today for our country, and I'm sure other countries do as well, but just as we celebrate on July 4th the freedom of our country, we think about the sacrifice of so many, don't we? I served in the Army. We think about the sacrifice of so many who gave so much that we could be free. And so someone once said freedom ain't free. <laughs> There's a cost to it. It came through sacrifice, and we have to understand that. Maybe, maybe we won't take advantage of it. Maybe we won't uh, take it for granted as much when we understand that freedom isn't free, that we understand that it came through sacrifice, both for our country where you live and uh, in Jesus Christ as Christians. Let us not drift away, as Hebrews said. Let us not drift. Beware of the drift, Christians. Beware of the drift. Be hungry every day. Every single day because freedom came through sacrifice. It came through sacrifice. Jesus died on the cross. And the second thing is freedom came from purpose. You see, Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Anointed means purpose. That's what it means. By the way, there's a, even I should mention this or not, there's a difference in being anointed and walking in the blessing. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about that later. But Jesus was anointed. He had a purpose. His purpose was freedom. That's why he came. It wasn't like he came for one thing and said, oh, by the way, um, you know, on my journey, I'll set you guys free. No, it's a purpose. A pur he came. It came from purpose. God purposed to set us free. So it came through sacrifice. It came from a purpose. And it came, and here's one of the most important things when we think about how come everybody is not free. Is because it came with a proclamation. He came with a proclamation. It came with a proclamation, okay? It, it came with a proclamation. He proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord. But that doesn't mean you receive the acceptable year of the Lord. He proclaimed it. But that has to be coupled with atonement. The day of atonement in Leviticus 25. I am proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord. Who will accept it? Just like with Jesus, just because he died on the cross don't mean you automatically go to heaven. Come on now. Doesn't mean you automatically go to heaven. You have to accept it. So it came with a proclamation. And, and I'll say this about that. And that is that it's not like you don't know. It's not like you haven't heard. You've heard now that you are free. You've heard it. He's proclaimed it. So when you ask the question, why do I not feel free? I think you should look in the mirror. I should look in the mirror. I'm not talking about you. Why are you not free? <laughs> that, that's who we should ask. Because <laughs> God said, I proclaimed it. I have proclaimed it. You have to accept it. You know, it kind of kind of reminds me of something my grandfather used to say. You know, he... <laughs> I, I, I'd ask my grandfather a question, you know, you know, why, why, is, why is my cousin, you know, why, why is she doing that? He'd say, Michael, go over there and ask that brick wall the, the question. Why, why are you asking me that question? You might as well ask the wall. Look at the carpet and ask the question, you know, why is that happening? I don't know. It's, it's, it's the same type of thing. And I think that's the same type of thing with us. You know, it's like you're, you're asking a question that you already have the answer to. Why are you asking this question? He proclaimed that you are free. He proclaimed that you are free. And then lastly, and this is it, 
freedom came to everybody. Those are the words. Freedom came to everybody. Freedom came to all. Freedom came to all. Doesn't matter. Everybody is subject to freedom. <laughs> it's for all of us. Freedom is for all of us. There's no discrimination when it comes to freedom. There, there's no prerequisites other than to love Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and body. That, that's the prerequisite. Confess Jesus with your mouth. Believe in your heart that he died and God raised him from the dead. And guess what? Freedom is yours. The proclamation is there. You are free. I'm telling you today, you are free. You know what freedom is like? Freedom is like when you lose your keys. You ever, you ever lost your keys or thought you lost your keys and you're walking around the house? And uh, I remember one time I was... I was walking around the house and I couldn't find my keys and then time got short and I had to go and it was, you know, and I'm like, what am I going to do without my keys? And just was exacerbated. So I said, oh, what am I going to do? Oh. I remember one time I was, you know, since they've invented smartphones, I was, I was talking on the phone, which, you know, you, you, you do rarely. All right. And uh, but I, I was talking to somebody and we were trying to figure something out. And I said, man, I'm gonna look that up. You know, let me look for my phone because I can just with a smartphone. You know, you can just go on Safari or you can go uh, YouTube or whatever. Look it up, you know. And uh, so I said, man, so I'm looking all around for my phone. I just don't know where my phone is. I can't if I can find it, I can look this up. You might not remember. I even went to Detroit and said, let me borrow your phone. Because I, I can't find my phone, and I'm talking to my cousin, and I want to tell her some stuff. I want to look it up. You already got the freedom. You already got it. That's what God is telling us today. You already got it. The reason why the Jews at that time didn't get free is because they rejected Jesus, but they wanted freedom. You, you, you can't, you can't uh, kind of believe in Jesus and get your jubilee. You, you can't say that Jesus is one of the ways and get your relief. If Jesus is not in control of your life, then you can't grasp ju Jubilee. See, the good news of the gospel uh, of, of the kingdom of God is a, a news of freedom, and it's that if you have accepted Jesus in your life, then Jubilee is available to you. People have said, I wish I, I, wish I was anointed. Guess what? According to 1 John 2.20, you are anointed. You don't have to worry about trying to be anointed. It says the anointed one is in you, and if the anointed one is in you, guess what? You are anointed. You are anointed for freedom. You are anointed for breakthrough. You are anointed to overcome. You have it already. I think part of it is just getting the revelation that we have it and then walk in it. So now what happens? Well, how do I really do it? How, what does that look like? Well, then everything out of your mouth has to be geared toward that. You can't sabotage yourself. That's what we do. That's what I've done. I'm just being honest with you. I've said it. I've heard a message like this or preached a message like this, and then the next day I'll say something different will come out of my mouth. And it's like I'm sabotaging myself. Here's what I want for us to do today. Let's, let's make a pact <laughs> that we're going to do everything we can not to sabotage ourselves. To, to first understand that we are free. Just, just say, you know how I say this, settle it in your mind. You know how I say that all the time. Settle it in your mind today. Settle it that I am free. Now, now see, to, in, in order to do this, you can't, you can't go by your circumstances. 
Because some of us got money in the bank. Some of us got, you know, $20,000 in the bank. Some of us got $3 in the bank. And tomorrow, uh, it may be negative three because something's going to come out. I don't know. I don't know. But you can't, you can't, and, but we're not going to stay there. But you can't go by your, so you can't look around and go by your circumstances and say, okay, now I'm going to judge if I believe this or not. No, 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 no. For we walk by faith, not, one more time, for we, that's what God wants us to do. So here, settle it in your mind today. I am free. I am free. I am free. It is the year of Jubilee. I am free. 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 And now for the manifestation of that, everything out of our mouth has to line up with that. It has to line up. I'm more than a conqueror. Come on. I am an overcomer. I am at the head and not the tail. I am going to walk in the blessing of Abraham. I'm going to walk in that blessing so that anything that comes my way. And don't get discouraged because, listen, when you, I'm just going to tell you. This is, not, this is not even bad news. Some of you look at it as bad. It's not bad news. Uh, but when you start talking like that, the devil's going to throw some stuff at you. He's going to throw some stuff at you, but you just keep on walking. You keep on stepping. You, I am free. What? I am free. I'm free. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. I'm free. That's the way we have to walk. 